Brisbane, Australia, this is episode 140 of The Normal Blokes, a podcast dedicated to improving the competitive 40k experience. I'm Zanith, and today we are joined by Geordie. What's up? And Big Nathan. How you doing, mate? Good evening, lads. Ah, oh, it's, uh, it's a Thursday night. We've uh, had a bit of time to recover from the absolutely spectacular Gladiator Gaming Teams event we had over the weekend. And uh, we're here to talk a bit of teams, here to talk a bit of meta, and uh, how we all found, um, you know, our, our most recent team event. For me, is my first team event as a player uh, in 10th, so it's it's pretty cool. Nathan, you play one earlier this year? Yeah, um, I, it's been actually really, really good, especially since this is the first one sort of big event in Brisbane uh, for teams post-data slate. It was really cool to see how diverse the meta was and how like different many different sort of unique ideas everyone turned up with yeah and uh geordie after big big singles debut for you at tnao this is uh, a team event back into the mix mate do you have a lot of fun oh man so much fun it's <laughs> good to be back playing 40k again um and it's good to actually play with something you wanted to play with um, yeah. I mean, playing with Storm Ravens wasn't fun, and this <laughs> this weekend was actually a lot of fun. Oh man, yeah, and I think um, we'll go through our team lineup, but I think all of us were really, really pumped with the armies we were playing. Um, and you know, I think props to once again to Josh McGowan for you know getting this event together, twenty plus teams, um, even you know one limb down, he's he's hauling us and getting tournaments done. So we, we couldn't do it without him and have this fun time without him. And right. I guess I think I think all the boys um, on the show right now and in our club would would resonate that the scene in Southeast Queensland is absolutely insane right now. Like. Two big clubs that are coming up and, and putting heaps of people and teams in are ITA, Ipswich Tabletop, and the Low Rollers, who play nearby me and Annalie. Um, what, Low Rollers had like four teams, I think? What was that, ITA? I think, yeah, yeah. I think both, between TNA, uh, TNA as well, the, Nor- mm, uh, yeah. the Northside Alliance, as well as ITA and Low Rollers, that was over half the teams of just pure club teams. Amazing. And I think we've seen in our scene in the last few years, like, We've, I think we've always said we have such a great scene in Brisbane, but the, the, the explosion of these three clubs as, like, regular places to play for people mm. has just, you know, taken the scene to another gear. Like, it was so awesome to see on the weekend. Oh, man. And, like, the the skill level of all the players and teams at the event was just amazing. Like, it's not a case anymore where there's a couple of good teams and everyone else is at, like, a middling level. It's like there could be 10 teams that could have podium this event like 10 plus teams that have put in this event. Like it was like a like getting towards a proper shark tank, which was sick. Um, in classic normal blokes fashion, we fit, finished right in the middle. <laughs> two, two wins, two losses and a draw, I believe, which is exciting. <laughs> Dead center. The, the, the medium men, the... Uh... Yeah. The average, the average assholes. Yeah, you know, yeah, right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Nathan, you were our fearless leader this event, our team captain. Do you want to go through um, who our team was? Hey, captain by default, um, <laughs> because no one else wanted to organise the admin or do the spreadsheet, and I love spreadsheets as I've expressed on numerous occasions. Um, yeah, so so we had. Um, uh, the real privilege, like to not only play the, with the guys on this episode, but obviously our uh, our spirit animal of the podcast, uh, Wayne Russell, 
Um, and then we also had the privilege of having uh, Jack Tenning on board, one of the low rollers, um, who was an absolute, absolute privilege to have on board and, and really came through with some big wins over the weekend. Um, we had me on Orcs. Um, I was playing sort of a very uh, damage first list with lots of squig hogs, lots of flash kits, lots of knobs, um, just running around killing stuff. Um, we had Wayne on the CSM, loving his Forge Fiends, Abaddon, Chosen, Jack on the Synaptic. Uh, nids, which uh, I couldn't tell you the list or what it does, but I know it uh, pushed some people shit in on the weekend. And uh, you boys running some fun lists yourselves. Yeah, Geordie. Yeah. Uh, yes, I was running my, my obviously my Blood Angels, uh, Space Marines. I was playing Gladius Detachment. Um, fun list, had a little bit of combat, bit of shooting, um, some, yeah, some just some cool little techie things in the list. And yeah, it was fun. A lot of you're fun not, to play. You're not ready to give away your secrets, Geordie. No, I'll give away the secrets. Uh, yeah, the list. Oh, fine. fine ah, that's all right. Bilepreds, no. gladiators, and combat. Yes, it's, uh, so it had. Yeah, it has a lancer valiant lancer. Oh, sorry, gladiator valiant gladiator lancer has two bilepreds. It had two units of uh, the bolter interceptors, the two three mans, uh, three units of scouts, which I really rate. Um, a 10-man unit of Death Company, 5-man unit of Sanguinor Guard with Dante. The Death Company had Lamartis, had Sanguinor, and I had a, a really enjoyed this unit, the 10-man Assault Intercessors uh, with the Jump Packs. They were awesome. Nice. Um, really, really good unit to have in the list. Um, they, in I think my fifth game, they really showed their value. Um, <laughs> just being able to use like the doctrine to fall back and charge, and just keep doing mortal wounds. Oh my god! <laughs> just a lot of fun, which I'll go through later. But um, yeah, list is really good. It's got a lot of tech, uh, a lot of tools, which I think was really good in a teams event. It can kind of just bring back mm. points without really trying. Yeah, I think you've convinced um, me to play great. a bit of BAs, Geordie. Like that was that was cool seeing what that list could do. Yeah. And well, and we fun. we saw that uh. Geordie's the cutting edge of the meta and now seeing the world championship list. There's a bunch of guys playing uh, Blood Angels with the new Marine Codex. So Geordie was really the uh, the innovator here with the bar preds out on the weekend. The pioneer. Yeah, he's got the little... What, what's the little thing, the template that Cole wants from bar little STCs? <laughs> You know, he's, he's Geordie's the first one on the fucking scene with them, building his little bar preds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, this time the Australian medal was six months ahead. Yeah, this time. Instead of six months ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I was rocking the Tau for everyone who uh, doesn't want to make any friends. Play the Tau. Um, mm. So they got a colossal points drop, which was lovely. And uh, I actually wasn't on Tau. And then our good friend and podcast co-host Luke Pierce was like, "Hey man, <laughs> I've been playing this thing and it just kills everything." So I took Luke's list almost exactly. Um, bunch of Tetras, some Breacher boats, a big Crisis team. Two commanders, some ghost skills for fun, and um, yeah, a bit of bit of marker light support, really, or marking support around that. And yeah, it was um, it was pretty cool. We um, we thought it was going to be a big swinging sword, but uh, I'm I'm not not that. <laughs> so we ended up using the tower to to uh, to just catch some average games. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Kill, killed literally tabled. All but one of my opponents, <laughs> which was great, but that didn't always translate to a big win, which is fun. <laughs> it is interesting how the the what we thought the tower would do on paper before the event, because it basically is so lethal, ended up helping a lot more as a sort of bulwark against everything, because it just can sort of kill its way yeah. to just to uh to at least get a score against everything. Mm. 
And, and it's like, I don't think people want to play it too. Like, no one wants to play against the tower. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good cudgel to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. we, so we used it kind of that way, which is interesting. It, it, I found it so weird. Like, we'll talk on the point of scoring in 10th and in the team's format as well, but like, I, I found it so hard personally to push that crazy win. But also, like, it was just a, another weird situation. Where I was just killing everything with, with this army. And then I was like, oh, it's a it's a 12 8. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll dive uh, into our into a, we'll dive in, Yeah, we'll dive into round one. And yeah, Nathy, you want to sure. take this? Yeah, sure. So we uh, found out our round one pairings quite early in the week. And we uh, had the. Uh, opportunity to play the TNA Alpha team, which was a bunch of uh, big sharks in the middle. One that we were, you know, excited to have early, but knew that it would be a tough uh, challenge round one. So we had Big Will Mill as the uh, as the captain, uh, WTC player, along with Ollie Johnson, who's been carving up this year on the Short Kings, the Votan. Uh, Zach Glass, who is a, a prolific Shield player with his sisters, just knows how to get a score from. Almost anything. Uh, Sam Lemon on the Nids and Andy Mulholland uh, on the Necrons. So uh, we went in here knowing that we, we had some potential big scores that they might be able to take off us. So we sort of came in knowing, trying to know what our, our bad matchups were and trying to nullify that. Um, we went into pairings and I think uh, we, on paper, I think we got sort of what we wanted uh, off the information that we have, but obviously some of those games are. Uh, were surprised us and I think that will show up throughout the event sort of, you know, with all these new codexes in this new edition, that, that scoring and what you think might happen within these um, things traditionally to archetypes, it may not necessarily translate to that score in reality. Mm. Um, how did your guys' games uh, go? Yeah, I um, I played Ollie who's, you know, been been doing really well on Votan and now Votan got, you know, a nice little bump in the data slate. But, um, yeah, I had it pitched as like a, a pretty middling score, like a 10-10, but Ollie did so well in, in pushing forward and just denying my primary until pretty much turn four. Actually went up to be a 15-5 his way, which was, um, you know, something that surprised me a fair bit, but, um, you know, he, he did super well. He he just rushed bikes at me virtually and, and made me drop in my backfield so I couldn't reach out. But yeah, great game. Lovely, lovely game with Ollie as always. Yeah, those, uh, those 18 bikes are pretty pretty hectic in terms of what they can do, like with the scout move and everything like that. Like the Votan is just such a big threat right now. And how did your game go, Jordy? Yeah, good, man. I played uh, Will Mill uh, on his Chaos Knights. Um, so I've obviously played a few games in Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights, but uh, this one, obviously being piloted by Will, had to be very, very careful. Uh, I, the score was, I believe it was a 14-6 uh, to Will. Um Long story short, there's just some like little place. He had um, he had all the the I think the carnivores and the brigands in the mm-hmm. list, and then he had a changeling. Now that guy is a cock. <laughs> um, I don't like the changeling, so he uh, he put the changeling in the middle on the middle of the table, center objective, and I advanced. I just went dev doc turn one, advanced the bar put out. Uh, on OC3, he's OC1. Silly me, didn't realise this, and I learnt it after the game, how important this could have been, but all I had to do was, to deny him some primary for turn two, was I just had to not shoot at the changeling, but I shot both the Bile Preds at the changeling. Um, they failed their morale, 
They filed oh. their um, battle shock, which means they become battle shocked, which I didn't oh know. This. I thought it just meant that I shoot them and then they just have to target something else. But I'm like, that's cool. All my plan was, I was just like, I'm just going to advance this tank out here. I'm going to shoot. If I kill it, cool. If I don't, I'll just shoot the, the knight, brigand. Turns out I got battle shocked and I was like, oh, cool. Well, that's all right. When he moves the changeling, I'll just overwatch it with the barber and kill it. I'm battle shocked. <laughs> so I can't do any overwatch. So by targeting that changeling, it gave him an extra five points um, and it just changed my entire game because that changeling became a nightmare later in the game uh, for him getting more primary. Um, but. And like the knights running through walls, kind of cool. I, I, he, he did explain it to me at the start, which is kind of funny. Um, so it was, it was fine because I was like, oh, if they just run through a wall, I'll just fight on death. You know, like I had all these plans, and we'll just, we'll just played a really good game. Um, and I just, by the end of the game, kind of ran out of resources. So, um, but he just, he played awesome, and it was a lot. And the best thing, so much fun. Will's such a good dude to play. Um, so I think that's what probably made it just so much more better. So, oh, lovely. Um, yeah, awesome round. Um, good game to Will, uh, winning, you know, 14 to 6. So, yeah, I was <laughs> and, very happy and, with uh, that. Nathan, you had a, a pretty big win, eh? You, you know, had a bit of redemption for the team. Uh, I think we had me up first as the defender. And I think our whole first day was a bit like this. Our first defender ended up getting the biggest win. Um, I had the opportunity to take the Crons, which I think I'm much more familiar with Crons than any other army in, in any edition that I'm in. So uh, not only that, but I, I'd played Liam quite a bit with the Orcs leading up to the event. So I, I knew the matchup quite well. I knew what tools I needed and when I needed to sort of leverage them. So I played the lovely and who was actually using some of my Necrons. So I, had to, I got to kill some of my own models. Um, sort of posed for the war, threw all the squeak hogs on one side against uh, one squad of Lich Guard. So he, I had sort of the primary advantage on that side of the board all game. Um, and then leading up to the war, I was able to ingress Mozrog in the corner of uh, one side of the battlefield, get around, get Mozrog running all through his backfield, killing all the vehicles, and then uh, the big thing in the Necron matchup is making sure that big 10-man knob unit connects on the war turn with the warrior unit, because it does have, if you do a couple of mortal wounds first, enough sort of gas to, to kill the warrior unit in one activation in war. So I ended up getting that done, and then was able to push a, a pretty big 17-3 win, but it, Andy was absolutely lovely and, and had a great game. Uh, unfortunately, um, it wasn't quite enough with um, with Wayne and um, Jack's results swinging against us a touch as well. We, we ended up, uh, not for the first time in the event, getting 45 points, <laughs> which was um, which was one short of being able to get the draw. So the uh, magnanimous magnanimous uh, TNA Alpha team did uh, get us by the one point, but it was a absolutely lovely round. It was. Yeah, we had, uh, after that, we had to kind of regather a bit and, you know, make sure we're all on, on the money because we uh, we had to play Mustache Cash Stash or Mustache Cash Stash is probably how they want <laughs> us to say it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was James Keller, Lockie, Luke, Matt Kinman and uh, Steve Wade, so it was a, a sick little lineup they had. Um, I think one of the one of the things in this uh, Perry's Matrix, Snapey, was we didn't really want to get clapped by the Votan. <laughs> um, but just looking at looking at the numbers, like we didn't really have a good answer to kind of try and make that happen. So, did we lead with you again here, or did we lead with Jack? I think we actually led with um, Geordie here. I think. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. 
and we defended with Geordie here, and he ended up getting the Imperial Knights and uh, played the lovely Luke Coyle, um, which Geordie yep. can let us know how that went. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I played Luke at the TNA Open as well, uh, and he absolutely slapped me. Um, blew up on my Storm Ravens like turn two. So this time I was looking for some redemption, a bit of revenge. Um, and I did the exact same back to Luke. <laughs> so uh, we got a 17-3. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, Luke got a little bit unlucky. He had that, he's got the knight with the shield and the spear. Lancer. So more combat knight. That's it, the big Lancer. Um, and I was like, how far does this thing move? He goes, oh, it moves 14. I'm like, it can move over stuff. Can't. He's like, yeah. Like, can it charge everything? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, perfect. So I fired my, I moved my eliminators, fired them, and then moved them again with the move shoot move, and then put them anywhere between 10 inches <laughs> and 14 inches in this little in this little area where he basically couldn't move any more than eight inches because he'd have to end up on top of me. And I was like, this is perfect. And then he killed them, which is cool, but he needed like an eight-inch charge to the bile pred, and he failed the charge. <laughs> so I was like, and then that thing just got obliterated the next turn. It got about 10 Death Company power fist up its bum. Um, <laughs> it, it died It died a horrible, horrible death. Um, and then the he had the Canis Rex in the list. That thing was kind of like really cool with the sustained hits on fives. Like, it could just turn a couple of shots until he's exploding hits, and then you kill it, and this little dude gets out, and he's lone op, and he just yeah. runs away and goes, sits on objectives. So yeah, it was, um, is a little it was really cool. Yeah, it was a great game against Luke. Um, you know, a few things went my way, and I was just like, I think one of the la- the Gladiator Lancer fired earlier in the game and hit one of the knights. It was just like a, it was just a shot I had left. It was the only thing you could see. He just fired off two shots. One went in, nine damage. I was like, Jesus. Uh, it was oh, just goodness. crazy stuff. So it was a really, really good game. Um, but I think the biggest thing out of that game was the Balpred. Again, the Balpred's overwatching when he was moving knights with like one or two wounds. Um, every time he'd move a knight, bang, overwatch. And it'd just kill, uh, it'd just kill a knight. So the Balpred, um, yeah, really showed their value in that game, which is That's kind of it. weird against knights. Yeah, like you wouldn't think it, right? But it's just that that level of chip damage is really interesting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so awesome game. Nice man. And um, yeah, I uh, I got paired into the Necrons. I don't really know how this happened. I think they must have put the Necrons up. Nathan, was that right? I think we were looking for the Necrons a little bit, but we knew it would be a bit of a tough game given the amount of Katans in the list. Mm. Um, to to be honest, I think we'd hunted. In this one, getting the uh, Death Guard, because I think oh, the Orcs right. and a couple of others were a little worried about the Death Guard. We managed to get that into Wayne, mm. uh, who pumped a relatively big win, but it meant that uh, yourself and I, um, and, and especially Jack, had some tougher games. Yeah. Um, which probably is what uh, led to the final result, but we, we knew that like traditionally Tower quite good, good into Necrons, but this particular build gave you a little mm. bit of grief. Yeah, like I was playing James and we'd played before and he's definitely like run the table against me before with his Necron. So I knew that <laughs> I, had to, I had to take control pretty quickly. But yeah, the the Tower we played a few practice games are quite good at taking out like the 40 Warriors. But we mapped a few things that, oh, not the 40 Warriors, a 20 Warrior unit um, up to like 40 and 60 Warriors. They can replicate it a little, but they had a bit of trouble with Catans because a whole Crisis unit doesn't kill a Catan. 
on average with the four up uh, feel no pain. Yeah, the half damage and the yeah. wounding on fives really hurts. Yeah, it, it doesn't do it. Um, a breacher team doesn't do it, but a breacher team will kill a non four up feel no pain one. And then the big guns, like the ghost kills, they do virtually nothing unless you get lucky. And the rail gun is just a bit too unreliable to, to count on. So if I was thinking if James puts his Catans in like awkward positions, like really important, impactful positions, like I could be fucked. Um, so I had it as a 10-10. Um, and look, TLDR got a 10. <laughs> but... It, it kind of went. It kind of went as planned. Yeah. So James pushed up turn one. Warriors in the middle. I stepped the crisis out. Overcharged. Killed all the warriors. Jumped back behind a wall. I was like, cool. That was going to happen. There's nothing in the middle. Um. Then he moved two katans to one side, and then the one katana was actually fucking terrified of the void dragon to the other side, and he kept doing a fixed secondary. I think it was cleanse with him behind a wall, and that was the only thing on that side of the board. And in my head, I'm like. I mean, it's annoying I can't reach him, and it's annoying it's getting him points and primary, but I'm like, thank God that thing isn't diving me right now. So I just focused all my attention, killed, barely killed the 4-up field, I came paint Catan, and then just like hit the Nightbringer at the same time. So I had a bit of control towards the end of the game to swing swing it back my way. Um, but same kind of thing, like good secondary scoring um, on the Necron side, good early primary scoring. I think James got like a 15-10-10 and that just set him up well. And we we kind of sat around that 80-point range for both of us and got a 10-10. So it's, it's definitely a theme of some of my games. I had a bit of trouble pushing the win even though I was like tabling people at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, got the 10 in that. It was a lovely game as always, James. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I ended up playing uh, Lockie Gordon, uh, who I think was very happy to uh, get a chance because I, I, I think I've gotten the, the better end of the rub on the last few uh, tournament games we've had, but he managed to uh, get me here. I, I have uh, played the Eldar before with the Orcs and can usually scrape out some pretty good results. Um, he was running Triple Spinner, the Avatar of Kane, who is an absolute powerhouse, such a great model to have on the list. And then the uh, the typical Wraith Guard brick with the Spirit Seer, which was probably the, li- the the piece I was probably most worried about with Eldar, and that did end up eventuating um, during this game. Um, we started the game, and, and, and he was able to go first and sort of assert a bit of table presence with a lot of everything, and I found I maybe left a little bit too much off the table from my, my little pieces because I was scared of the night, night spinners to actually sort of, you know keep up with that early secondary scoring, that early trading on primary without giving away too much. Um, was able to get on uh, the middle objective uh, and start threatening the Wraith Guard, but the, the Wraith Guard having access to Phantasm just meant they were, were pretty safe for most of the game. Uh, managed to ingress the uh, big pig unit with a mortal wound, uh, knob on smash squig near his Avatar of Cain and pick that up in the wire turn, which was pretty good. Um, you, without the Yin Khan, I think... Uh, the Avatar of Kane, I think, is manageable for the Orcs, but the Wraith Guard were a real issue just because the Flash Kids can't really do much through the Neg 1 to wound and the fact that you're going to have cover most of the time. And then when you sort of pose those units like the the Power Claw knobs or the the Squigs, usually they can sort of Phantasm and Fire and fade their way back far enough that you're not really threatening them very often. So was able to do a couple of things like flip over the back objective with some storm boys and such but uh especially with purge the foe being the mission and me having msu orcs i think um the primary ended up being pretty hard to manage and we ended on uh 
a uh, 15-5 to uh, Lockie with him also getting some pretty excellent cards, getting around 39 on his secondary. So nice. it was a really good game, though. Lockie played excellent, and uh, and I just got my I just got done in by the Elder. Hectic, man. A little tricky Elder. Yeah, well, um, got a draw in that round, which uh, we kind of... You know how when you get like wins at a at a forty k tournament, and then you get a couple of draws, and you walk around being like, "Oh yeah, I'm undefeated. Don't worry, I didn't lose technically because I got a win and a draw." <laughs> we're like the opposite of that. We got a loss at a draw, so we're like, we, we just can't win. <laughs> we're yet to win. <laughs> we're yet to win. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going into round three, we definitely had a bit of a point to prove. <laughs> we're like, "Come on, guys, we can win a round. We can do it." <laughs> so uh, we got our, our good friends at. Uh, TNA Suicide Squad, TNA SS on the Matrix. Yeah, Chris, Jay, our good friend James Fuller, Philip, and Tobias were on that team, um, and it was a bit of a bit of a mixed bag because they had a lineup that actually gave us some fucking issues. Like they had GSC and GK together, which were, you know, had the potential to turn some stuff around. Three from three, bloody Votan <laughs> on the lineup as well, um, and then we had world leaders and Angron. So we had to we had to navigate this um, interestingly. Um, I think they put the Grey Knights with James up, didn't they? Yes, they uh, Grey Knights and CSM. And uh, I will say Jack was absolutely hungry for the Grey Knights. Yeah. He said he'd practiced a lot into Jacob Bourne, uh, quite a lot with this matchup. So he was uh, absolutely fanging for the matchup, which we were able to give him. Yeah. And uh, he absolutely did not disappoint. I think we um, yeah. we were goading the fact that, like, Wayne, we were, like, pumping Wayne up to, to just be like, oh, Wayne, you know, if you play James, you'll smash him. And then that converted into Wayne being like, oh, James, I, I reckon I can beat you, mate. I reckon I beat you. We had no idea if Wayne could beat James. We actually had no fucking idea. <laughs> Wayne Usually just... Wayne just manifests confidence uh, yeah. and, and it works out one or two ways. Yeah. We tried the, uh, we paid one CP for the epic challenge yeah, uh, yeah. in the pairing to try to get Wayne straight into James, but it didn't quite work just, out. Yeah, two CP stoked the nails and just, just poke Wayne a little bit to, to get him going. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we actually had no idea. So they put James up. So we're like, huh, maybe if we put Wayne and Jack, James won't want to play Wayne and play Jack, and it turns out that happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jack got a, got a massive win. Massive win. Good on him. Once again, carrying the team on his shoulders. Um, so, he, that was sick. Um, Nathan, you want to talk about your game? Yeah, sure. I played the lovely Chris on his GSC. Um, I'd heard anecdotally, I hadn't actually played GSC since my uh, game with Eric at the previous team event. But I had heard that Orcs had a, a, a decent game into GSC. And, and Chris and I played a lovely game. He was running a pretty uh, mean build with the uh, double... Um, is it is it Aberrant? Yeah, double Aberrant Brick um, with yes. uh, a bunch of Neophytes and, and the uh, the Glorious Demo Bombs. So I did go second. This was my third time going second so far the day, which isn't quite what Orcs want. But I, I did get a turn to spread, um, which sort of neutered the initial impact and then sort of was able to spread across the board and the flash gets who were probably my mvp for the event they just went ballistic in this game just like killing anything that popped up overwatching anything that popped up given they've got the the full rerolls with bad ruck and then was just able to sort of isolate one full brick of aberrance to one end of the board and then just kept picking up the other end of the board 
so ended up on a uh, a fourteen six get there. But Chris was absolutely lovely to play and um, would absolutely uh, play him again if I could. And we saw Jack pull down a big win, and then I think Wayne had a big result as well. How did you guys yeah. go, Geordie, You want to take your game on? Yeah, um, I played I played Jay on the um, CSM Cow Space Marines. Um, so again, this list was very similar to Wayne's build, uh, which I'd had a practice game into earlier in the week. Um, I learned a lot from that game because I'd never played CSM. Obviously, I'd read a lot about them, heard a lot about them. Um, so playing into Jay, I kind of had a game plan after playing Wayne, um, and it, it paid off big time. So I had to, I had myself down scoring an eleven, uh, I ended up scoring a seventeen. So. Um, but the big thing was, uh, I think I got first turn in the game, and I, I moved out to a, uh, one of the flanking objectives to get some good cover. Uh, I advanced out uh, some assault marines with the jump packs, just moved them onto the objective. Mm. But I advanced the barpred onto that same objective as well, um, and then I just sat on the objective with the barpred and the space marines. So he moves a rhino forward, gets out five chosen with the with the Chaos Lord, and I'm like, I've seen this all before. He jumps out, charges through the building to charge my unit on the objective, um, charges the Barpred, so he gets overwatched by the Barpred, kills a couple of them. I'm like, cool, that's that's good. The Barpred's like chipped him down. They're now not going to be able to kill the 10-man that's on the objective. Um, and then he charged me, and then the Sanguinor came in and then charged oh, him God. and fought for uh, fight first, killed the whole unit but the captain. Then the captain fought back and killed like I think it was like four or five of the assault marines, and then the rest of them picked up the captain, um, and that was huge because that was going into turn two. I had now held two objectives. I wasn't exposed. I'd got a ten pointer, and I was like, "All right, now it's on." And then it was at that stage of like, and he was uh, at that stage of making him burn that CP, so he wasn't able to nurgle the vehicles, mm-hmm. and then the lancers went off, and then the inceptors went off, and then. Yeah, things were just getting charged from butthole to breakfast. Um, so, yeah, like Whoa. Death Company coming in from like a flank and advancing and charging is just so crazy. I think I rolled a, a five on my advance. I was moving 17 with a re-rollable charge, um, which is pretty scary. From a unit that re-rolls all its hits um, and just does a wealth of damage. So, um, really, really good game though. Jay, um, weirdly enough, kind of reminds me of Wayne. It's like another Wayne. <laughs> and he plays DSM. Um, so now it was an awesome game, like a lot of fun. The guy was really nice. I felt a little bit bad about the Barpred and the Sanguinor because it was a bit of a gotcha. Uh, but I had explained at the start of the game what they did. And I, I felt a little bit, um, you know, a bit of a, a bad taste about it because I felt like I'd done him wrong. But I was like, no, nah, I need a win. I'm going to get some points. So, well, it's um, hard, but it was an awesome game. Yeah, yeah, it is, and like, you know... We, we've talked you know, about got... this in 10th. In There's yeah. so many little, like, reactionary things that, like, yes, you warn people about, but, like, you can't not do it sometimes because that's the game, right? Well, that's it. I was playing Will Will Mill, and I was shooting the changeling, and he could have just said, no, nah, man, don't shoot him. Shoot the tank, and you can just do it when he overwatches. These weren't things, you know, he didn't bring that up, and it was a, it was a gotcha, 100%, but it was my own fault for not knowing what that unit did. Yeah, and that's the thing, yeah, right? Like told it's, what it does. I wouldn't even call it a gotcha anymore. Like, I, I think it's like, a, like you've been told what it is. It's just something you got to keep an eye on. I think that's kind of what now is separating like the good from the great players, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah, that's, thing, that's exactly it. Um, you know, there's there's some things in this game that just catch you out. And it just happens. Like, it's part of, you know, you're trying to know your own rules. You're trying to play your own game. And the last thing you are thinking about is their rules. 
Mm. You know, and you know, because you're trying to play their game as well. So it's, um, you know, it did stuff a little bit. But either way, uh, they had a good game. I had a great game as well. So I think in the end we had fun. Um, I got a 17-3. So I was really happy with the score, considering, you know, I was told that CSM were the big bad bullies, and uh, I did a bit of bullying of the CSM. So I was happy. Nice, mate. Nice. And then yeah. yeah, in the in the background there, Big Wayno got a win as well. So we're on four wins, and it's up to Little Neathy over here to to jump on the Votan for the team. <laughs> yes. But, um, How did that game go? Yeah, it's good, man. I played the lovely Phil. Awesome dude. Like we had a sick game, and um, looking at the map, I could kind of tell that I could play it pretty passively. Um, and then he picked his secondaries, uh, which were Bring It Down, and I think uh, Homers. So I was like, sweet, if I can try and limit my bring it down, this this actually, I'll, I'll just bring home the score I predicted, because I predicted a nine, I, because this Votan list had double land fort and lots of elite infantry, like Thunderkin and Hearthguard. In my head, I was like, yeah, yeah look, I can't really get near all that, because like, there's a like actually good Overwatch threat, and then I don't actually have the resources to deal with it all as it hits me. Um so Phil decided to deploy a fair bit of it, including the two land forts. And I think he was a bit threatened by like the range I had with long strike in the suit. So he actually sat the forts at the back of the game. They didn't really shoot all game. Um, so I had a lot of the board with loan ops and stuff for most of it. I got my primary up, got my secondary up chipping, but he had bottom and turn in this mission that rewarded quite well for end game. So um, I was able to push up. I held my bring it down out for, for long enough. Um, but even even through that, I think he got about 14 or 16 on Bring It Down or something like that. Like, still a respectable amount. Um, yeah. But yeah, ended up being another 10-10 for me. But um, happy I could deliver with that middling score while everyone was, uh, everyone was pushing wins. Our round was then technically undefeated with four wins and one draw. <laughs> we were doing well. <laughs> yeah, it was sick, man. And then, uh, yeah, yeah end of day one, four. we were one one one, which was nice. Yes. Yes, that's right. We did. We were at, yeah, we were perfectly average by the end of day yeah. one. So, and, um, no, I think I think we had a really exciting, um, really exciting round four with uh, the low roller cyanide boys. And I don't know about you guys. I I had five great games this event, but you know my opponent in this round, Declan, was like my favorite opponent. He was he was a legend. So um, Nathan, yeah. do you want to talk a bit about pairings? I think there's some interesting stuff in this one. Uh, Sorry, boys. Oh, he's um, awake. He's yeah. risen. No, no wonder there was no reaction to my previous comments. Uh, <laughs> You're just thinking or ignoring you, bro. Yeah. Just got a muted mic. No, we um, we we had uh, some very interesting uh, pairings decisions here, given the guard list um, that oh, you yes. ended up playing beneath. Um, it scared the shit out of uh, a few of us, given that a lot of us couldn't really deal with the indirect, um, but. We ended up uh, probably getting a little um, fortunate in pairings given that they had put the guard up first, mm. which meant we had the answers to kind of deal with it. I think it was yourself and Jack that went up was the answer there yeah. to me. Yeah, so Jack Jack had a bit of intel that Declan, the, the guard player, didn't really want to play Jack, and rightly so. Like, Jack can cause absolute havoc and mayhem in, into that guard list. But the guard list had a few things. It had a mountain of indirect, a couple of mantis and a bazzi. Um but also just the ability to, to just play play secondaries really well. It had some direct fire, and it had a couple of big... I don't know if you guys have played against these, but these 20-man Krieg units that are like mini versions of Necron Warrior units. Like they don't come back like the Warriors, but they're actually a real pain to deal with. 
Hmm. Yeah, I did. So. I did see them in his list, but I wasn't sure of the purpose or what they did. Because they yeah. did they have a commissar in charge of them or something? Look, they had. I mean, I didn't. Can't remember the characters, but I just remember them being buffed armor saves. Like the armor saves are really good. Plus a five up feel no pain. Um, so uh, that gave yes. them tons of durability and OC. I believe OC too. Um, so like really, really stoic little motherfuckers. But um, yeah, so we were quite scared of that. We were like, shit, what are we going to do? We need to keep stuff in the hand for the guard. Like we need to we need to be mindful of that. Who are we going to put up? We can't put up someone that's good against the guard because that's bad. And then the guard gets put up. We're like, ah, oh, cool. We can, we can all relax now. We can <laughs> catch up on that sleep we missed out on last night thinking about the guard matchup. So that and works. Then, Got really lucky. And then we ended up putting me up as the initial defender. And it was actually really interesting <laughs> because... We got the opportunity to take the orc mirror against the lovely Jack, and that's absolutely what we did. Mm. And it's funny because you ended up playing the guard on the heavy table, yeah. the two shooting armies, and I ended up playing the orc mirror on the light table um, <laughs> to, to make sure that some of those other threatening shooting lists didn't quite tear the rest of our team apart, which ended up, I think, being the right call yeah. in retrospect. Yeah, 100%. I think you taking the light was big, and then my guard player took... The, my guard opponent, sorry, took the heavy, and that was an interesting choice, but I kind of see why he did it, to, to weaponize the indirect. Um, and then, yeah, Geordie, you uh, you played against the Templars. That was a that was a crazy list, wasn't it? Oh, man, that was a hard game. Uh, that was a, It was a hard game on a lot of levels. It was really hard about, so we both played the medium table. It had double whirlwind um, as Templars. So it was Ironstorm. So Ironstorm can obviously bump the AP on their whirlwinds. Um, it can also make them hit on, I think it makes them hit on threes. They just, they oath a target and they kind of kill it. Um, so my concern in that game was if I left the Death Company out, they were just going to whittle them down all game. Uh, which kind of is what happened. Um, but uh, this was like, this was one of those games where I was like, I kind of felt like all you boys are pretty good into your matchups. I thought we had it pretty down pat. And I was like, I just, I, depending on who wins the roll off here, if I go first, I need to play hyper aggressive. And if I go second, I need to try at least hold out and just get some points. And I got first place. I got, I got first, sorry went first and uh going hyper aggressive didn't pay off only got two points but uh it was an awesome game i played andy kerr um he's a real like he's a really nice guy a really good player but um it just changed the whole like it's interesting when you kind of look at a table and you go okay this is how i want to play and i do recall saying to denise at the start i'm like if you give me the marines i'm gonna play aggressive yeah, yeah. and i did exactly that and it just didn't pay off the the, those redemptive reds are actually silly. Bro, like, in Ironstorm, so yeah, terrible. they're very they just good. Nuts. Like, you know, I, I remember the, I fired the Lancer across the table at at his Lancer, and one hit, uh, two hits, two wounds, fouls both saves, roll the first one, nine damage. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make that zero. And I was oh. like, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Second one goes in, rolls nine damage again. I'm like, we can't zero that one. So that one went in, leaving him on three wounds. And then a couple of little shots peppered in and killed it. But I I got really lucky. He fired a Lancer at my Balpred. I rolled two sixes for saves. And I was like, it didn't didn't pay off the turn after. The turn after, he wiped out four vehicles in one turn. Jesus. Um, 
But the Redemptors were just like, they could literally take a shitstorm of fire and would not die. Yeah, the, the minus um, one damage base on them is, is, is nuts, man. Just silly. Like, yeah. I put everything into this one Redemptor. Uh, I, I advanced the Barbred up. I think I... No, I moved the Barbred up. Got him, fired the everything in it, fired two Barbreds, fired a Valiant, fired some snipers, missiles, eliminators, everything I had. Mm. And um, I left it on one wound, and I'm like, sweet, I've moved this tank up. The intent was here to just charge him and just do some tank shock with the Barbred. Mm. Oh, six dice. I just had to roll one. Oh, no. Oh, no, Rob none. bro. Roll uh, And then he, he fought the Barbred, didn't kill it. Uh, and then I'm like, please move so I can overwatch you. <laughs> and he didn't move. Oh, and bastard. Then, <laughs> and then he shot me and he blew me up. And I was like, no. And I was like, can I please blow up? No, nah, didn't blow up. Uh, that re- that Redemptor survived the rest of the game on one wound. That's hectic, bro. And yeah, it was a re- but it was a really fun game, but just a few things didn't go my way. Um, and then playing aggressive didn't work because I yeah. had the death company roll like a three on their advance because I put them in assault dock and I mm. advanced them up and I'm like, I'm going to get them in. I just need like a five yeah. and I'm looking at it and I roll it again to roll a one. And I'm like, uh, I'm just going to put him back in this piece of terrain here, which then turned out to kind of be okay. It kind of got me some secondary points because mm. they're actually kind of durable when they sit on an objective because they make one damage from Lamartis, but, um, yeah, they just didn't pay off. I put, I put a little bit in his face turn two. I uh, Sangard, Barpreds, everything, mm. but the Death Company just didn't make it in. That was probably mm. anything that missed out. So nice. close, uh, was looking close, and then it just kind of turned. But awesome game, yeah. nonetheless. And I think we needed someone to like manage that game, so you know the others could pop off. And Nathan, how did the uh, the Orc Mirror on the light go, mate? Mate, the Orc Mirror was an absolute uh, treat of a match. Uh, played Jack, um, had a great time. Uh, it was This was an interesting mission as well with priority targets being so weighted to who goes second, but Orcs really wanting to go first, especially in the Mirror, just because so, you have so much um, extra information about managing the wire turn um, when you go first because obviously you need to declare wire at the top of, up top of the battle round. Um, so I ended up going first, which did help for my war, but then ended up hurting uh, me at the end of the game where Jack was able to pull pull back a bunch of points. But it was it was interesting. He he deployed quite conservative with a lot of his pieces uh, at sort of his bottom corner of the table on a crucible of battle. Um, I swung uh, sort of what I've been doing for the, a lot of the events, sending like all the squig hogs on one side of the board. Um, he brought out his squeak hogs to, to take the objective off a truck I had in the middle there. But I, I basically was able to send out my flash kits, um, which went absolutely ballistic and, and picked up that, that squeak hog brick um, and was able to screen out, screen out his mo- Mozrog for the, uh, for the upcoming wire turn. And then Sweet. by the time we did... <laughs> I have brain squeaks after the, uh, after the, after the weekend, after, after wiring so brain much. Bomb. Brain um, bomb squeaks. Yeah. Bunch of the brain boys just getting together. Mind fucking Sorry, Nathan. We're just, we're just fucking trolling you. Keep talking, bro. Uh, um, so I was able to set it up. Shut so up, Johnny. Really... <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> All right, fin- oh, no, finish, finish, finish properly. <laughs> um, 
I was able to sort of screen off his Mozarog um, <laughs> and, and sort of force the flash gits. So I'd put mine out so he couldn't really move in many places, picked up his big squig brick. And so <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Team... Every time you say squig now, <laughs> I'm just going to beat myself for a bit. I'm feeling the same. You um, basically, he brought his uh, his power claw knobs out in the middle, which meant the flash kits were able to pick up most of that brick when it came out. So basically, got two for one there, um, and was basically able to get myself in a position so that when it came down to the wire turn, was able to use my knobs to kill his Mozrog, and was probably up one or two pieces in the wire, so that when he had to bring his flash kits out to respond. I was able to bring the Mozrog over to tag his brick. And so ended up winning the damage war, but I think his list had a little bit more of an MSU skew, which meant end of the game, he was able to get on a couple of the objectives and priority targets, but did end up winning that game 11-9 and, and was my favourite game of the event. Jack was an absolutely lovely bloke, even though uh, the collective wire energy did apparently give me brain squigs. <laughs> oh, I I played Jack at the TNA Open in our last round, and dude, he is the nicest guy. He's the friendliest guy to play a game of 40k with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And how did the uh, indirect guard go, Zane? Mate, it was. Uh, I, I rock up and I'm like, Declan, mate. I know you didn't want the nids, but I'm just like not happy that I'm playing this indirectly. He's like, yeah, it shoots a bit. It shoots a bit. So. I had to prioritize a few things. Like for for people who have played against Tau or you know play Tau, they probably understand that if there's Tetris in the list, like we're playing Codex Tetra. Like whatever the Tetra is spot and look at just gets obliterated at like twenty to thirty percent more damage than anything else. So if the Tetras die, it's kind of like your units are dying. It's it's a weird comparison, yeah. but you're just losing this this mad efficiency boost. So. With all the indirect, it, it just one hits the Tetras. So I have to start them off the board. So I, I started nearly half the army off. So like big crisis unit, solo commander, Tetras, long strike, all that off the board. And I pretty much deployed with Devilfish that were hard-ish to kill, but not impossible to kill for him. Um, the ghost kills, which were lone ops, which were like proper saviors in this game. It meant I could actually get primary. Um and just a backfield unit, and no one shoots the backfield strike unit with the ethereal, because it's just neg one to wound, which is annoying, plus you're in cover, and then you get a feel no pain on top, so it's just, like, annoying to shift. But, um, like, that was just holding my home field with a devilfish. But pretty much played the first two turns passive, and then he pushed out his tanks, his infantry, ready to just catch a big overwatch when I came in. And then I noted that, in my turn three, when I was about to drop everything, um, Declan just had two CP. So I was like, sick. He can overwatch me with something pretty impactful, but he can't overwatch a neg one damage because the neg one damage is two CP. So I just spent that turn giving him everything. Like the breaches came out, gave him everything. He overwatched the unit breaches from full to like three men. It was crazy. Like, and it was just, I think it was just like flamers on a, a chimera that did it. And I was like, oh my god, this is ballistic. So I lost like almost all the breaching unit. But then it allowed me to drop like my full drop all together in one turn. And it was right on the front line. And I killed like a Russ, a Brogal Dawn, 20 Kriegsmen, Chimera, 10 Infantry, Sentinel. Like pretty much picked up close to a thousand points on the clap. Um, and that was just all his front field just pushed back. And, and from there it was just 
like choking the primary out, keeping my secondaries up, not giving up bring it downs and stuff. Um, really good game. Um, Declan played it really well. Uh, there's just a couple of points that we talked about that I think, um, you know, he could have done a bit better. If he was really aggro with, like, the Krieg units early on, I would have had a bit of trouble dropping. Um, but, yeah, 12-8 my way. Really good game. And uh, got my first win on the board after playing those crappy rounds, which was great. Lovely. Well done. So that meant we were uh, two wins, uh, one draw and a loss going in with the, the opportunity to finish quite well, but we are uh, ended up playing the lovely but uh, the very accomplished uh, TNA A-team. So, yeah, uh, so ITA A-team. ITA A-team, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, played the, uh, so many acronyms. Yeah, yeah. So these boys had just come off you know, a, a really good event. They got a draw against uh, the United Nations team, which uh, won the event. Um, so that was like, that was a big deal. So we couldn't really underestimate them. And, uh, I definitely underestimated them. So didn't learn from that. Um, how did your boys rounds go and how did pairings go, man? Cause this was like, I think they actually paired really well. I think the big thing here for us that, that I think really we underestimated when we picked our put up is that the dice roll for who picked the first table here really, I think swung quite a few points here. Um, and what a couple of teams had done, I think the low level cyanide did this as well, and certainly the uh, ITAA team did this to great effect, putting up their big heavy hitter, the big dynamic um, point scoring list up first as the defender, just wanting to get that table pick confident that they can do it against anything. Um, so they put Jacob O'Donnell's T-Suns up first, and then we uh, put the Orcs up first, but they ended up getting the table pick. And we had put Wayne uh, and Jack up as options here. Now, where we thought Wayne could handle uh, this list given how the form that he was in with the CSM. Um, but with them having the first table pick, I think they, they picked quite smartly to pick the heavy, um, which not only nullified Wayne's list, um, given the Forge Fiend and Obliterator shooting, but I think that also meant us, we're, we're in a bit of a if you spot them with Orcs as defender, because we'd lost the heavy and then we were staring down the barrel of CK and Death Guard. And all, with those hit modifiers, Orcs don't really want the Death Guard matchup. So I took the CK on the medium. But I think if we had been able to switch those tables, those those might have gone slightly differently. Yeah. Um, but that sort of set the round up that um, we were already a little bit on the back foot by the time we'd gotten out of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely knew. Like, we paired like confidently um, in terms of the data we had, but we kind of knew coming out of the gate that things were about to spiral a bit down. Like we had Wayne's game finish really early uh, with a big tabling against Wayne, which which hurt us a lot. Um, and, you know, Geordie, yours was probably the next one to, to wrap up and, and finish. How did yours go against Josh? Yeah, good. So I played against Josh's Death Guard. Um, so I obviously haven't played Death Guard in 10th. Played a lot of it in ninth and eighth. Um, it kind of still plays the same. Um, this was kind of a scary match for me because, again, it's all that indirect. Like Because uh, I've always found with Space Marines, you, if you can slow your game down to like turn three, four, and five, play those three turns, you, that's kind of where you get your, your value out of Marines list. But any list that has indirect can actually cause like a lot of stress from Marine list because it can just... It can pick up those big combat units, which can turn the game on its head. Like that big brick with Lamartis and Death Company and the Death Company are just 
they're hard to once they're in your backfield like they're very hard to shift because they can do it in the shooting phase they can do it in the fight phase uh, and they're durable but when you're just getting shot out of line of sight the whole time by the um, plague burst crawlers it can really flip it little thing i didn't know was morty can obviously turn off all modifiers so my modifier of neg one damage against the plague burst well if he stays within six of the plague burst their damage goes to two and stays on two, and it doesn't get modified. So that was really painful. Um, and the main thing for me was Josh did some really cool little techie tricks. He advanced a rhino up, or moved the rhino up, got a dude out. And there's a guy in there that has like a banner, and he can push out his contagion to 12 inches. And because I'm now within contagion, he can neg my AP as well. Mm. Um, so he was able to neg my AP, and then because he fit in the plague burst and he did on the death company, but he rolled a shit number of shots on every one of his plague bursts. He rolled like a three, a two and a one three shots, obviously blast plus three. So, and they just did no damage. They killed like two death company. And I was like, sick. So the next turn, I just advanced everything out and then turn two, I put everything in all I could um, to try and kill, and I was basically popping a tank every turn. And what the plan was, was to advance the Barpreds up and not shoot them. And I'd go into DevDoc with him and I'd advance them up. I went to DevDoc for one turn, advanced them up and then shoot the vehicle. Hope everything gets out and then save the flamers for anything inside. Mm. So it would pop the transport with all the, like, the big tanks and then just kill all the troops inside because they're now a perfect profile for them. Yes. That worked out really well. Um and then it was like, I did the same in the middle objective. You moved the vehicle out. And again, my secondary game was really good. Like the secondary, the cards were just coming out to my game plan. Like it was like, bring it down and assassinate. I'm like, well, okay, there's a character in that vehicle and the vehicle's on an objective. I'm like, cool, kill the vehicle so he doesn't score primary and then kill the unit so I can get the assassinate. Worked nice. out really well. Um, charge, the big thing was that Morty, he, he actually did something I didn't expect. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but Morty had been sitting back the whole time with the plague burst and then it was like his turn two or three and he just i think it was turn three he just moved morty to the middle of the table and just started charging shit and i was like oh didn't see that coming um don't know why i didn't see it coming i think i was expecting him to just sit around his little castle um and when it came out i charged the assault marines in um so i put them in tactical docks so sorry i forget what i put them in one of the doctrines i might have just moved them but i threw grenades with them and then i charged them so they do Mortals on the on the in the shoot phase, and they do mortals on the charge. But I charged the death company as well, and he wanted the death company dead, so he killed them. And then I went tack doc with the assault marines, so I could fall back, throw grenades again, and charge again. Jesus! And it was just two turns of doing that, and it was over a period like it was. I think it, it calculated out like fifteen mortal wounds I'd done or something Jesus. with this unit wow. in two turns, just from falling back, throwing grenades, charging. Um, and because Morty could only kill like five of them at a time, I was still doing it. Until the end of the game, I still had three of them left. Um, because they, the turn they charged, the last turn they charged was like five of them. I charged, killed Morty on, because it's in the charge phase, the, uh, the Hammer of Wrath happens. Mm. And then I was able to then pile in into a, a unit of men, a uh, unit of Plague Marines and kill them. Because I'd, I'd charged Morty, killed him on the charge, and then piled in, and then killed the other dudes as well. They were just such a linchpin unit because Morty was so hard to manage because of his toughness and his four up and vulnerable. Um, so it was an awesome game. I think I came away with an 11, 11 9 or a 12 8. Yeah, 11 9. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, eleven nine. So it was either way, awesome game. Uh, Josh is a really good player, um, and just he yeah, just did some really good, like really really good tactically sound stuff. So that was an awesome game. Nice man, that's sick. That's sick. Yeah. It's um yeah, Nathan, yours is probably the next to finish, hey? Yeah, um, ended up having a, a good game against Stephen Connors. Um, the, he actually dislocated his shoulder at the end of the previous round, so it was uh, absolute champion playing this round with a dislocated shoulder um, wow. that he just popped that he just popped back in between the rounds. What the hell? Um, so <laughs> he was playing the the Chaos Knight, so the the usual thirteen. Uh, War Dogs there. I was a little nervous of the matchup, just given the amount of sort of battle shock uh, this army can push into the Orcs that do like their strats. Um, was able to launch the war by about turn three, but I, I'd already made some uh, silly positioning areas and was a bit down on primary with, by the time I'd gotten there and was able to kill a few knights on the war turn, but probably not enough to to sort of assert and swing the score. Um, I think the fatigue was honestly getting to me a little bit in terms of just minor positioning areas both in placement before the wire and then probably where I chose to send units so that I was maybe doubling up when I could have maybe gone for an extra one or two nights in the go turn and, and maybe swung the game again a bit more. But Stephen was lovely. Um, his target priority was on point and, and played the matchup really well, having played Jack from low roll cyanide earlier in the, the event. And I ended up coming away with a six uh, against Stephen's 14 which wasn't quite what we were looking for from that game. Mm, yeah. And uh, I think you were next, uh, Denise. Yeah, it's um, it was an interesting round where you know those those drops start to happen. We had big Jack Tinney at the end getting a getting a big win to help us. But I um I played Braden Robinson, who you know uh, we've seen at events for for years now, but I've never actually played him. So I was I was really excited to play him, and this was such a fun game. Like, I can't stress enough that, like, all five of my games were just super chill, super fun, awesome. Um, but I actually rated this quite highly, and that was a colossal mistake. Um, also, the fact that I play Imperial Knights, I should have known this, but Knights play primary really well because their armage is, uh, you know, a high OC and um, particularly annoying to kill when that six up feel no pain uh, just does things to your, your mental mats. But, um, yeah, Brayden had two big knights, six little knights, and uh, some little scoring units. But basically, he pushed out, got a lot of early primary. Um, I was able to kill, you know, the armages and, and push it back. Um, I got super lucky two battle rounds in a row with Long Strike getting a sustained on his railgun. Um, that was a good time. So one railgun just has has twins and, and becomes, you know, three railgun bullets. That's always fun. Um, so got super lucky. Um Basically, Canis Rex came out. I dropped the Crisis unit, popped Canis Rex, jumped back behind a wall, then slowly pushed forward, killed the backfield knights, but Braden's score lead was just huge. Like, he played tactical as well. Like, we both played tactical when we could have kind of taken fixed into each other, um, and we both got 40 secondary. So, like, the, the deck was just getting cleaned out for both of us. Um, he had 10 more primary than me, um, which resulted in a, uh, I believe, a, an 11-9 his way. So, yeah, super cool game. I definitely learned a lot from the event on, you know, if you're going for the big win to table someone, you, you've got to also be able to limit their primary while they're alive. Um, so that's a big lesson for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, really sick round. And um, with Jack's 19, we uh, once again, Nathan, finished the event how we started, hey, with a 45. 45 point loss. I, I, I think we can't understate how 
huge Jack pulling down a 19 into to Pete's Eldar is. Mm, yeah. Like, absolutely crazy that he managed to do that and almost drag us literally from what was a, a pretty disappointing uh, few results at the start to almost a draw, yeah. um, which was a bit of the story of the those last three rounds. Jack really pulled us. Um, but, look, we, we finished 11th and, and had an absolutely great time. Um, mm. The state of the scene is great. And then watching... You know, United Nations, Eric uh, Brody up from New South Wales, uh, Alex Terrison, Nick Argent, and Nick Standing take down the event. Um, absolutely deserved it. They they oh, yeah. played a they played a murderous row of teams and managed to come out on top. And then we also had some uh, other normal blokes on the podium with our uh, bad hammer with uh, Ben Warrior and Brian Lakeland, and then sub for the dub uh, David Truman's team in in third there. Yeah, nice and. Um... Yeah, look, I mean, the depth is crazy, right? Like, there are so many really, really strong teams. Um, I think one thing I found personally is my... I mean, I, I talked to you boys about this. I think the, the information war is is a situation where, Nathan, you said it perfectly. If you stand still, like, you only go backwards because everyone's learning and everyone's getting better, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And given that, those sort of clubs now where people have a regular opportunity to play against a diverse group of people. Mm. I think the information people have out there is crazy. So yeah. it's hard, it's it, you can't ever rely on the fact that someone you turn up against won't know how to play against you because the Brisbane meta is getting all these great, um, great practicing, great upskilling. And, and uh, honestly, half that room could play on half the ATC teams <laughs> in the country. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's Queensland's in a very good space. Yeah, very, very um, good. But speaking of Josh, I think we should, um, you know, not only give him props for a great event, but also um, plug the the collaboration we're doing for Movember. Yeah, yeah, I'll um, I'll run through that. So for for anyone who's listened or has got our our Facebook uh, page followed, we've um, joined up with Josh McGowan um, to do our Movember uh, charity run. Uh, we've got an official link through Movember, but Josh is also raffling. Uh, a whole heap of cool stuff, razors, beard products, you know, even gaming mats and supplies that he's got um, donated from a bunch of amazing sponsors. Um, you'll see all their details on our page as well, but just wanted to, to mention that we've still got a bit of time um, until the end of the month to get all that done. And uh, Josh will be announcing those prize winners based on the, you know, receipts or donations through the Movember website on our link. So it's on our Facebook page. Um, Josh McGowan's also made a post on Queensland 40k tournaments on Facebook. Um, and I'll link it to this episode as well. So if anyone's listening here, just open up the show notes for this episode and the link will be there. But, um, big props to, to Josh for his hard work, not only just running tournaments in, in Southeast Queensland and, and building the scene, but also his, his amazing charity work that he's done year on year. Like this is not the first time yeah. he's doing it. So, and we're happy, you know, to, to keep doing our November run and, and join up with him. So it's, sick a um, couple other things uh, big one is I guess you're seeing uh, Liam is not on the show today because he is in the US of A playing at the world championships of Warhammer in Atlanta and um, we wish him all the best um, if I was a betting man I'd put my house on him so uh, I reckon he's going to do super well and take out the event um, so you know big props to Liam he'll try and do a few Facebook lives and show his nice shiny dome uh, for all you lovely listeners uh, on our Facebook. So uh, you'll hear a bit on our page on how he goes, but yeah, we wish him all the best. And if you're listening, big man, give him hell. Give him hell. I'm really I'm really hoping for the, the Liam Squared matchup in, in their pod with uh, Liam VSL versus uh, 
our Liam so he can uh, prove sort of the Liam supremacy as it was. It's funny because those two Liams like don't look anything alike either. So that'd be a hilarious (laughs) little post-game picture. Yeah, I I think um, it'll be really good. I think honestly, as this episode comes out, I think the the pool games will be starting. So hopefully, um, despite the uh, the unkind time difference, we'll be able to watch along and 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 everyone. uh, I'm sure in Australia will get behind Liam as he as he sends it. Uh, Hopefully, the word. I was gonna. Sorry, I was gonna say I don't plan on sleeping between now and Sunday between the WCW stream and the Las Vegas GP Formula One. So I'm just gonna just not sleep till Monday. Yeah, just <laughs> enough the body clock. Yeah, <laughs> but sick. Um, other than that, boys, nothing else you want to touch on before we finish up. Uh, all I'd like to say is it was fucking awesome playing teams with you guys again. Um. It's been so long, and it's so... Teams events are so cool. And then just to do it with your mates as well just makes it so much more better. So, yeah, it's an absolutely you. wonderful time. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you, mate. It was it was mad fun. And I think it was good having... Like, it's been a while since I've been on a team with Big Waz as well, so that was kind of fun. And, and Nathan, it was, a, it was a nice little... Uh, reunion of the the Mercs pairing duo. So um, yeah, getting fun. the uh, getting the spreadsheet, the the absolute spreadsheet um, OCD pumping. Yeah, and then yeah. we've got um, and then uh, it was uh, it was lovely having Jack on board oh, as well. Like you it was know, sick getting was... to know Jack like really well as well. Like he's a dead set. Yeah, legend. absolutely. Yeah. I'd never met him before uh, that event, and I've got nothing but time for him now. So I'm, I'm teeing up a game with him next week. So oh. look forward to it. Yeah, bro, he, he lives out near where you you and I work, so <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the Bayside Hammers community is uh, pumping up. Honestly, it's it's, it's, it's insane, mate. But um, but yeah, thank you, listeners. It was a bit of a longer ep, but uh, I'm glad we we covered it. Um, thanks all for your, for your listening. Once again, a reminder about the Movember campaign. Um, so if you're you know if you're able to donate, we'd really appreciate your support. And you could be in the running to win some cool prizes. Um, if you like what you heard, you know, give us a like on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, and leaving a, a review does help new listeners find us. But take it easy, support the Aussies at the WCW, and have a good one. Yeah. See you guys.